This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If we want to transition, though, into what you were writing, Scott, about some external options to add at center um, that could be available, including some familiar names that we've heard come up at the trade deadline this year and last year, um, some free agents that you're planning on putting the article out tomorrow morning, which this is probably going to come out right around the same time. So um, by the time you're listening to this, I'm sure Scott will have it out. Yeah, and this is all prefaced with, everything we've covered already this off season, which is yes, the Bruins don't have a lot of cap space. They can't do a lot. Like if Bergeron crazy retire, they might just have to roll with what they have because they can't pull off a move for another top two center. Like got all that, but let's, you know, look forward a little bit and play the game of, all right, what if they do decide to target a top two center and try, you know, see what's out there and, and try to find that guy this off season. And, because there could be some options out there. And the biggest name right now is definitely Pierre-Luc Dubois, who uh, Pierre Lebron of TSN reported this over the weekend that he has told the Winnipeg Jets that he has no intention of signing a long-term extension with them. He's a restricted free agent. So if you have the Jets, like they could play hardball with him and go to arbitration and get him back for another year. But why would they do that? Like they're most likely going to trade him and, and, cash that chip now and get what they can for him. Um, he's only 24, soon to be 25, you know, has top 60 points the last two years, has size, 6'4", 214 pounds. Like, we've seen that that he'll use it. You know, people might remember last year, he was the one who had the hit on Matt Grizzlick that caused the shoulder injury that ended up bothering Grizzlick the entire rest of the season and that he ended up needing surgery on after the year. Um, you know, there have been some questions about like Dubois effort in, in, in Columbus when he tr- forced to trade out of there, he like very clearly had just given up at the end and was taking shifts off and floating around. And that's cropped up a couple times in Winnipeg too. And I think that's been an issue with the whole team in Winnipeg, but I think, you know, if Dubois available and it certainly seems like he's going to be like, you have to at least take a look. I, I, have my doubts about whether the Bruins are the team that's going to be able to, you know, put together the package to land him. But, you know, a mid 20 center who's already put up multiple 60 point seasons, who can score 30 goals. Like those guys don't aren't available very often. And if you can get them and sign them to an extension, like that just took care of 
you know, a huge long-term need. And for him though, of, of your list, um, he seems like one of the guys that would probably be fetching, like you'd have to send more out than with some of the other guys on this list. First of all, some of them are free agents. So obviously that doesn't require a trade, but this one would be requiring a trade with Winnipeg. And I know Scott, one of the things that you mentioned about him is that Winnipeg might not necessarily be looking for what the Bruins have to offer, right? A Taylor Hall, they, they probably don't want a Taylor Hall. Uh, do they need Allmark? No. Um, so what the Bruins have to offer is a little bit uh, differently. Obviously they already have a good goalie up there. So um, that takes well, maybe your best. for now. For now. <laughs> and Winnipeg is, we've heard a lot of things about like people just not wanting to play for Winnipeg. Um, not We've never really heard the full background story as to what's what makes guys kind of just not mesh with whatever they're doing there um i think it's because they're in winnipeg <laughs> i was gonna say that i was gonna yeah. say i i've always wanted to be an nhl play-by-play broadcaster but if i got offered the job in winnipeg don't know if i would take it <laughs> so that that might yeah. have something to do with it too um and in terms of him his age do you find that maybe it would be an issue? I mean, obviously, great. You want somebody that's young on the on the in the first half of their career. Um, but if say you're replacing Bergeron with Pierre Luc Dubois, these are two incredibly different personalities. And if you're just going to plug him right in there with Marshawn and DeBrusque, obviously Marshawn would be the veteran on that line, and pro- it would probably be fine. But if we're talking about somebody with a very very different personality than Patrice Bergeron. I just, I wonder the fit there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Scott, do you, do you want to comment on, on the fit? You seem like you're chomping at the bit. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, bringing in anyone from the outside is going to be a question about fit, but I like the fact that he's young and, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking like you can still kind of mold, like, especially if Martian's still around um, and kind of your next captain. And that's another thing I should clarify is like, this is all, Assuming Bergeron and Krejci are both. Uh-oh. Scott. So assuming, I'm going to finish the sentence. Assuming Krejci and Bergeron are both gone, that's what this list was that Scott made because um, cause then you're really in trouble. Uh, so you, you're, you're going to have to look for outside answers if they're both gone. I'm just going to, while we wait for Scott, um, bring up another name, Brian, on this list. And mm-hmm. um, so Mark Shifley, uh, another, another name out of Winnipeg. So that seems like, um, you know, a a transition here for us. Keep it with the same team. Hmm. He is older, but he's been a good NHL player for a long time. So maybe do you think the fit would be a little bit better with a, with someone like Mark Shifley? You know, it's, I, I don't really, I don't, I don't, I don't love the idea of Mark Shifley defensively. So if you're, I don't know. I, I would probably take the chance more on Dubois just because of the age and, and, and moldability, I suppose. Um, Shifley, I just don't – I don't know. I, it's just one of those situations where if Bergeron goes, the you're losing such a defensive-minded player. I just don't see Shifley coming in and, and being a net positive for them, even though he's younger and has more offensive upside at this point in his career. But whereas like Dubois, like I can just see because he's 24 and Scott was mentioned that earlier, you, you do have that, that luxury of timing. Um, I just, I just have a hard time wrapping my brain that the Bruins 
could 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 trade for somebody like Dubois because um, we mentioned like Hellebuck doesn't seem to be wanting to stick around Winnipeg, so that need for Olmark could be there for them for sure. But besides Olmark, I just don't see what the Bruins have to offer. They have no first or second round draft picks this year or next. And in fact, like that's kind of like, and that's the first thing I think of when I think of the Bruins needs this off season. Like for me, it's like, can you, can you shed some salary cap on this current roster and bring back some, some, some draft picks um, for many reasons. Number one, for your own cupboard. Um, maybe you want to draft your own center down the line, right? Um, or maybe you want draft picks so that you could insert them into a, a trade package. I just feel like right now the Bruins just don't have much to package together, but I guess that may, may be a conversation for a few minutes from now, but because you asked about Shifley, I, I guess my answer, I, I guess I'm out on Shifley. I, I just, He's, without too many details, I just he's think. He's 30 and his contract would be rather large. Um, And yeah. if you think about it, when, when you put it that way, like when you think about, the state of Winnipeg where they might be in this season or next season. Um, if they lose Shifley, Dubois and Hellebuck, they're in full rebuild and they're collecting picks. You know, they're not, they're not messing around with some, some of the stuff the Bruins have to offer. But Scott, while you were, while you were away, we were talking about Mike, Mark Shifley. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm kind of with Brian in terms of like, I don't love Shifley's game. The offense is obviously great. He's, He's been over 60 points eight straight years. Very consistent. Just put up 42 goals, a career high. Like, you know you're getting high-end offense from him. But you get almost no defense. There's been plenty of questions about his effort. About There's been questions about the entire Winnipeg leadership core, and he's part of it. You know, he's worn an A the last few years. So you don't love all that. And you're right. He, You know, he has one year left, so he would have to get a new contract. And is that really a guy you want to be locking up into, you know, his mid to late thirties and kind of hitching your wagon to, I would have serious questions about it. Um, which is why I would rather have Dubois because, you know, I guess you kind of hope like whatever's going on in Winnipeg or even Columbus before that, like hasn't tainted him too much. And, you know, he could still come into a better organization with better leadership, more stability, obviously more commitment to defense and um, and still develop because he's still young. So yeah, I would take my chances with Dubois if the right deal was there. Um, but as you guys said, like the Bruins have so little that they can throw into a deal, like, you know, blockbuster trade like that, where it's like, all right, if Winnipeg's going to be rebuilding, they want picks, prospects, young players who are like, you know, on the verge of contributing and the Bruins don't have the picks. They don't have very many elite prospects at all. And, you know, young players that could maybe be attracted to Winnipeg. It's like, well, if they, if they trade Connor Hellebuck, I'm sure Jeremy Swayman would be very attractive to them. But are you trading Swayman for Dubois? I think that's really interesting. I think finding centers is harder than finding goalies. So, I don't totally dismiss that idea out of hand, but you know, that that'd be a tough, tough one for the Bruins to make. Like I, I'm sure they would, you know, they'd be very hesitant, hesitant to do that. And just to make a point, because I'm a college hockey nerd, that would be one Mike, Mike Richter trophy winner to another because Hellebuck was the first to win 
Mike, the Mike Richter award yeah. in college hockey, which is the best goalie in college hockey. And then Swayman won it the last year that he was with Maine. They both in both of them with hockey East cause Hellebuck won it with UMass. Well, yeah. Hellebuck was the best goalie I've seen in college hockey since I started following it. He, yeah. was, he was so dominant. It was we insane. Still, we still talk about him on our broadcast. Like I've talked about him on my broadcast this year because I covered a lot of UMass Lowell. He still comes up quite a bit. Yeah. And his record at the Garden was like unreal. Like I, I think he was 4 0 because they won the hockey's title both of his years there. And it, he like gave, gave up like three or four goals total or something. It was like biggest stage. He was just lights out. And now he's been stuck in Winnipeg on bad teams either. Well, not all bad teams. Like they've they've had some good teams there, but yeah, for the most some... part, nothing nothing that's been like a serious cup contender. And which is think... why it looks like they're kind of going to blow up this core now. So yeah, yeah. I don't know what the quality of life is in Winnipeg. Maybe we if if we have anyone that's watching or listening to this, let us know what it's like living there. Because like on a day to day, what what do you do in Winnipeg? That's what that, that's what I want to know. <laughs> when you go from living, you know, near near Boston, you know... near the ocean, near a bunch of stuff. You know that um that episode of uh, of SpongeBob when he has to write an essay and just puts the word the. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably what there is to do in Winnipeg. So, um, next on next the next person on this list, um, I find very interesting. And Scott, I'll let you um paint the scene because uh, of course you wrote this, but I'll just say that in the spirit of and again like this is another person who you'd have to trade for. So it's like, I just don't, you know, that'd be the toughest part, but assuming that the Bruins could trade for this player, I think of all the players that Scott has in, in this, in this piece, this would be the best player. I think as far as bridging the gap from how Bergeron played, um, he's, he's in his prime and, and just his style of play and um, overall caliber of play. This, this person would fit their long, their short and long-term needs and I think would solve a lot of issues for Boston. The question is, could they could they acquire him? Yeah, so this is Elias Lindholm with the Calgary Flames. No no relation to Hampus. Um, but Lindholm's entering the final year of his contract. He's 28. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent after this coming season. And the Flames have a new general manager, Craig Conroy. And in like his introductory press conference... He was asked about Lindholm because, you know, his name's kind of been out there. What's going to happen with him? And he said he's a player that you want to build around. So he wants to keep him. His priority would be signing him to an extension. But another interesting comment he made is he also said he doesn't think he doesn't anticipate making the same mistake the Flames made with Johnny Gaudreau, which was taking it all the way to free agency. And ultimately, they lost Gaudreau for nothing. He just walked. So that would tell you that if there's any hesitation on Elias Lindholm's part to sign an extension or to want to wait until after the season, you would assume that means that Calgary would look into trading him. Like if they, if Craig Conroy's saying he doesn't want to lose big name free agents for nothing, then that's your only other option. So potentially could be available depending on how their extension talks go. Um, and yeah, I think a, Kind of a you know a player can do it all. He had a he had a career year two years ago, 2021-22. Uh 42 goals, 82 points. He finished sec- second in the Selkie trophy voting behind Bergeron. Um 
So his numbers took a hit this past year, including his defensive metrics. And that's because he didn't have Matthew Kachuk on his wing. Like that's a big loss. And there's no question that Kachuk was a huge reason that he had his career year when he did. Um, so I'm not paying that price for him. Like I'm not paying for his career year, knowing that he benefited a lot from playing with Kachuk and Gaudreau, by the way, they were all on the same line. Like that line was insane that season. Um, but if his value matches, you know, what he has been without those guys, then I still think he's very, I still think he's a very good player and you would have him, you know, basically through the second half of his prime. So I, I would say he probably, he definitely excites me more than Shifley. And, you know, it's probably right about on the same level as Dubois, even though he's, you know, a little older, but, um, yeah, you're right. Like he would be more of a like for like fit if you're looking for someone who's still going to, you know, he's not Bergeron, but who still brings some defensive responsibility. Well, yeah. If you look at where he finished in the Selkie trophy voting, uh, he's right there with Bergeron. I mean, there's been years where it's clearly been Bergeron, but when you're talking about the sim- the same style of player, uh, Bergeron's a consistent Selkie trophy winner and, you know, candidate and you're talking about someone that is up for uh you know essentially the award that means you play a similar style as Bergeron like all those guys are are playing that defensive two-way hockey so yeah to your point Brian that that you can just see that he would have a good fit there I'm not really sure personality wise how he is but I feel like he's kind of an under like an a subdued like um under the radar kind of person uh, and that could make him an easy plug-in uh, with anyone, really. But if, if you say put him on the first line with um, Marshawn and DeBrusque, I, I feel like he could be a good fit there. But um, the reason why he's such a good fit is because he's probably a little bit out of your reach um, in terms of trying to get him. Uh, Scott, I saw that you you put in your notes that Calgary might be a little bit better of a trade partner um, than – Winnipeg would be. Um, and would you just explain a little bit about why? Yeah, because so another part of Conroy's Craig Conroy's comments is it does he doesn't sound like he has any intention of going into full rebuild. It seems like he wants to remain competitive, be a playoff team, try to build the next cup winner from like what they have. Um and so maybe they're a little more open to taking on NHL contracts. Now you're still probably gonna have to throw in more. Like, I don't think, I don't think you're gonna get Elias Lindholm for Taylor Hall straight up. You know, let's say, like, like I think there's still gonna have to be like a pick or prospect in there somewhere. But they might be more willing to kind of have, you know, an NHL contract be part of the deal and sort of build around that. Whereas Winnipeg, it certainly seems like they're going into like a full rebuild, where as we said earlier, like they're not gonna have any use for a Taylor Hall or a Matt Grizzly and, and Calgary might like that. They have a similar situation with Noah Hannafin on defense. And obviously we know he's been linked to the Bruins before, um, but kind of the same idea going into the last year, you know, are they going to sign to an extension or try to move them now? So um, yeah, if the, if the flames want to remain competitive, then they're probably looking at something like the deal that they made with Kachuk where, you know, it's not going to be that big of a deal. Like Lindholm's not as good as Kachuk, but 
they wanted NHL pieces for Kachuk. They didn't want picks and prospects. So they might be looking at something similar with Lindholm. And that is more in line with like the kind of deal that the Bruins would probably be looking to make. Yep. And, you know, also just looking at Bergeron and his, uh, his, his, his stats over the years, interestingly enough, because you mentioned Lindholm, I think you said 82 points, right? Bergeron's career high in points for what it's worth is 79 and it was it was in 2018-19 when they went to the finals and beyond that like we know we know Bergeron's a first ballot hall, hall of fame player and and he's only cracked 70 points three times over his I want to say 19 you know season career so far so I guess what I'm trying to say is it's not like like you're relying on Bergeron for 100 points a year right he's right. He, you rely on him for two-way play and and that's exactly what Lindholm brings does he bring it as much on the defensive end is Bergeron? No. But you know what? Nobody in NHL history really has. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, there's a couple guys. Bergeron's on a, you know, he's on a Mount Rushmore of two-way forwards, honestly, in the league's history. So, um, not only, like, it, it's just, it, you don't need that because no other team has that either. Like, there's only one Bergeron, right? So, um, that would That would, that would cause such a conundrum comparable. for Jack. Like, broadcasting a so that would cause such a conundrum for Jack broadcasting a game where there's two Lindholms. I broadcast games where there's brothers and it's like, you, you have to say the full name now. Like you, you have to say the full thing. Otherwise who has the puck? So. Yeah. Yeah. Jack's. Yeah. yeah. And, and like I, I mentioned, you know, Lindholm's numbers dipping this year because he didn't have Gaudreau and Kachuk on his wings. He still had 64 points. So you know, still like a really solid season, even without those guys. And I'm looking at, you know, okay, who did he play with this year? His most common line mates this year were Tyler Toffoli and Dylan Dubé. So, you know, like he didn't even, he played some with Jonathan Huberto, who had a down season anyways, but Huberto spent more time with Nazem Kadri. So, um, you know, still a solid season with wingers that I think are worse than what he would have in Boston. Like, whichever line you put him on or combination of wings, like either he's got pos he, he almost certainly has at least one of Pasternak or Marchand on his line and then fill in, you know, a DeBrusque or Hall or Bertuzzi if he's back or whatever. And like, he's going to have better wings than he did this past season in Calgary. That's a good point too, Scott. Like I could see him being on, and this is semantics with what line you call your first line at this point, but like, being on the line with Pasternak rather than the line with Marshawn, because I, I think that like one for one Zaka is actually a really decent comp to Bergeron as well, because he is a good two way center. And he's mentioned before that the player that he modeled his game after was Bergeron when he, when he was growing up and, and when he was developing. So I actually don't mind Zaka in that spot in Bergeron spot with DeBrusque and Marshawn where he did play in the playoffs um, when they started things out without Bergeron. So if you want to put like playing through this hypothetical, if you had Elias um, Lindholm and you could, and you could put him with pasta, that's a great line. Totally. And you know, it just, it, it's, it's a, it's a reminder that um, this time last year we were talking about, Man, the Bruins are gonna have to replace Bergeron and Krejci. Like, if those two guys retire, completely rebuild. But yeah, it, it's one of the, it's one of like the one of the nuances we haven't really talked about at nauseum. But Don Sweeney did address 
one of those centers of the future last year in, in Pavel Zaka. And, and everybody on this podcast, I think all, I mean, he won a seventh player award. So Bruins fans agree too. Like that, that's why that last year. And I, I found people to be a little disingenuous when they were like, Oh, I can't believe people were calling for the Bruins to rebuild last year. Well, look, last June, we didn't know about Bergeron and Krejci coming back. So you literally had your number one and number two centers, not on a roster. Even if like right now, even if Bergeron and Krejci both retire, and I think we all think Krejci's probably done anyway, but we don't have you at least have one of your two top centers of the future. And I think Zaka is not just a number one or number two center of the future. I think he's a damn good number two center at least. So, like this year, there is more optimism because we really are just trying to find that one if Bergeron were to go. And uh, and that's what this what this article that Scott's posting is about if Bergeron goes. And 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 I think Lindholm would be the the most like like for like person uh like like scott i think you put it 